glory. glory. I said glory. glory. <laughs> he said in this temple does every man speak of his glory. Actually the original says in this temple everyone says glory. 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 Where is his temple? Is his temple in this building? Glory. Father, we rejoice that we have this opportunity to fellowship in the realities that are ours in Christ. Thank you that your word is life to us. Your word is spirit to us. Revelation knowledge is gifted us this morning. And as we fellowship in the truth of the word, I decree that bodies and yokes are destroyed. Your people are built up, equipped, edified. Jesus is glorified. So we thank you that at the end of this service this morning, nobody lives here the same way they came. We give you praise, glory, and honor for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name, and every believer sees a powerful amen. amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's release our faith together. So say these words, I am born of God. I am born of the world. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the world. I do the world naturally. Therefore today, I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, and every believer says a powerful amen. amen. We want to welcome everybody connected to this service by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. All of the social media community, brothers and sisters, we're so glad to have all of you connected to the service this morning. We also want to welcome the Aquaibom State community to the service this morning. Wherever you're hearing the sound of my voice by way of Comfort FM, XL FM, Radio Aquaibom, Passion FM, Inspiration FM. We want to welcome every one of you to the service. Do me a favor this morning, call a friend, a family member, a lot one ask them to tune to this radio station right now life is flowing through the airwaves our social media community the entire world is waiting for the truth that only jesus provides help us share the video on your page join as many groups as possible tag as many people as possible drop them a monogram telegram drop them a whatsapp group let's flood the entire blue marble planet with the fragrance of jesus's grace all our campuses around the world once again what a joy to have all of you connected to the service brothers and sisters get ready it's going to be an exciting adventure in the word of his grace everybody in the building are you excited to be in church this morning can we give jesus the greatest shout of celebration glory amen grab your pen your notebook your bible you can be seated with your sweet smart self as we get into the word of his grace <clears throat> glory to god all right i'm beginning a series this morning on the the basics of direction. The basics of direction. After all of the emphasis of the Holy Spirit in salvation and training evangelism and discipleship, I just perceive in my spirit to take you on a journey on the basics of direction. Every human being at one point or the other in his life looks for guidance, looks for direction. And sometimes you hear people say, I don't know what to do. I don't know why. You know, things are like this. I, I feel stranded. I feel like I'm stagnant in life. We are all a product of influence. Every human being is a product of influence. You are who you are today because of the kind of influence you received into your life or we received into our lives. Someone says, no, I'm a man of myself. I am an independent mind. 
that statement was influenced by what someone told him. It is what someone told him that made him to start thinking of being independent. So even that independent mindedness is a product of someone's influence. Because before you arrive at the point where you say I'm an independent minded person, someone must have influenced you to be independent minded. So you are a product of influence. Look at Jeremiah chapter 10 verse 23. Let's see what brother Jeremiah said. Jeremiah chapter 10 verse 23. Oh Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. It is not in man that walketh to direct his step. So Jeremiah is saying that man seeks for direction. That's why from the day you were born, you were told what to do. You were told to put on these clothes. You were told to sit down. You were told to eat. You were even told to sleep. You were told what to do. How many of you know you didn't name yourself? Somebody told you this is your name. And you started announcing it. And everybody else began to call you. And you accepted it after a while and got used to that name. God's opinion of me is what matters. Not what anybody thinks of me. You know, sometimes people say, well, if your name is Stone, you need to change your name. If your name is Soru, you need to change your name. Because your name is your life. But that is not true. You, it is not what name you bear that determines the outcome of your life. It is what God's opinion of you is that you have accepted to come to terms with. What God's opinion of you is that you have accepted to come to terms with. If Jesus could bear the name of a man and that name was highly exalted. He bore the name of a man and God highly exalted that name. You know, for example, the name Paul, his former name was Saul of Tarsus. Because Paul means little man little man but by the grace of god paul was exalted so you can call paul little but paul was not little because the grace of god was on him so whatever name you bear what matters is christ dwells in you christ in you the hope of glory so you are a product of influence and people have influenced you from infancy to adulthood where you are today so Everybody looks for direction. You look for instructions and for people to give you information. Most of the times, human counsel will fail you. People tell you, well, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? And you begin to try those things and you keep failing, never succeeding. Because man's counsel most times will always fail. For example, when I was coming to the ministry to preach, my father told me not to preach the gospel. I asked him why. He said, because uh, I am already a preacher. I don't want a family full of preachers. Why don't you look for something else to do? You always said you wanted to be a businessman. Why don't you go and just read business administration, graduate and be a businessman? And I told my father, no, I'm going to preach the gospel. And my father got angry with me. We were on, on that fight for quite a few, a, a while with my father. He didn't want me to preach the gospel at all. He, he wasn't my friend at all because I said I was going to preach the gospel. I had to call my father's friends to talk to my father and influence my father. Yet my father would not listen. So one of his friends who was a senior guy with him in the same denomination where both of them were pastors came and told him, why don't you open your eyes? 
Open your eye. Ministry is not the way we started it. Look, there are ministers doing better than us. Don't stop this young man from what he wants to do. Anyway, whether my father listened or not, I made up my mind. I was already an adult. I made up my mind what I was going to do in spite of what he thought. So I left him and I started doing what I was doing. And a few years down the road, he became my friend and became proud of what he saw me doing for the gospel. But if I had listened to him, I would have been messed up. I would have been a confused man today. I would have just been all over the place. Try business, it doesn't work. Try politics, it may not work. Try that, it may not work. And I'll just be jumping all over. And there are Christians, that is where they are. Today they are there, tomorrow they are there. They are there employing people in Kuwait. They go to Kuwait. And in Kuwait, they make them petrol sellers. Then they hear all the, the Kuwait country says, every foreigner go back home. Then they hear there's another opportunity in Dubai. They move to Dubai and they're struggling in Dubai. Then they think of how to go to London and they get to London. They start washing clothes and washing plates. Then they think of what else can I do? They're all over the place. And a man that is still moving like that at 50, 60, that man, something has really cheated him in life. And there are people that are all over the place. Today, it's business. They start a business. They don't wait on it. They shut it down. Tomorrow, I'm a politician. And you know, politician is just politician. So I'm a politician. I wait for eight years. And then after eight years, I was playing in the wrong party. Now, I'm trying to enter the right party another eight years, 16 years out of your lifetime. Then the eight years, you finally got in the right party. Nobody trusts you because you are a JJC. So you have to be an apprentice for another 16 years if possible before you can be trusted and now you're already getting to 40 something years you're a politician without a portfolio so there are people all over the place they have no direction in life and when you look at them you see a bunch of potential that is being wasted because there is no direction the bible tells us that the labor of the foolish will yet every one of them because he doesn't know how to go to the city he doesn't know the house. And when we're talking about the house, we are talking about direction. Please pay attention. All right, now, so you look for direction. And most of the times, like I said, human counsel will fail you. Somebody told me years ago, you will never be anything in life in this city of Uyo. He looked at my face and is a respected person. You will never be anything in life. And at that time, I didn't know what I knew now. Because if I'd known what I knew now, I wouldn't even have answered him. But that statement provoked me. I told myself, I will be something that you will need. And over the years, he has needed me time after time. God's counsel is what remains the same. People's opinions of you will change with time when you have the right direction for your life. Alright, so many Christians are so unstable because they lack direction. Very unstable. And, uh, you know, they, they're just all over the place. So they don't really have a cause that they are following in their lives. There is no cause. And I believe that I will expand this teaching in the weeks to come. There are people, believers, so unstable. Even when it comes to relationship. Some brothers are into serial relationships. Not because they are morally loose. But they are just confused. Today it is sister B. Next tomorrow it is sister A. You know, B is Beatrice, A is Agnes, and then next tomorrow is Sister B again, Bimbo, and then it's all over the place. The guy is confused, not because he's a morally loose person. He's just confused. When he thinks it's this lady, then he changes his mind. He thinks it is the other lady, he changes his mind. Just confused because he lacks direction. 
And you know, there are, there are all kinds of things happening. In the book of 1 Kings, God said to Elijah, look at 1 Kings chapter 19 verse 11. 1 Kings chapter 19 verse number 11. And he said, go forth. God told Elijah, go forth and stand upon the mound before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind rent the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord not in the earthquake. Next verse 12. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. Many times we expect God to direct us in a particular way we want him to direct us. But you know, the Bible tells us, Elijah was expecting God to speak through the thunder. You know, most times we get carried away by the spectacular. Thunder. Yes, Lord. And the thunder said, the Lord is not in the thunder. Then earthquake. Yes, Lord. The earth said, the Lord is not in the earthquake. Then fire. Shua. Yes, Lord. The Lord is not in the fire. Then where will the Lord be? A still small voice. Many times you look for spectacular drama, action, 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 activity, and we think God is in all those things, but God was not in any of those. Then he says, in a still small voice, still small voice, when you're looking at the spectacular, you miss the supernatural. Because the supernatural is not the spectacular, and the spectacular is not the supernatural. God always directs in very simple ways. If you're making notes, this is a good one to write. There is no child of God that God does not talk to. There is no child of God that God does not talk to. But we see we're looking for earthquakes, we're looking for thunder, we're looking for fire. That's why you see Christians cannot travel till they call a so-called prophet or a big man of God somewhere to look into the crystal ball for them. Man of God, can I travel? The, the, the men of God have become soothsayers who look into crystal balls for people. No, don't travel. Yes, travel. No, don't do that business. Yes, do that business. No, don't marry her. Yes, marry her. And that's not the way God designed for, for it to be. That relationship between pastor and church members is not supposed to be a crystal ball situation. We are not in idol worship. We are not pagans. We are not in soothsaying. We have a vibrant relationship with God where God talks to all of us as his children. There are no stepchildren in God. All of us are sons of God. God is not a grandfather. He's a father. And there are no cousins and nephews in Christ. All of us are children of God. He loves us equally. He doesn't love some better than others. Therefore, there's no need consulting a man of God before you do some things. You too have the spirit of God. You have the spirit of God resident in you. The spirit of God does not travel. He stays in you forever. Can somebody shout hallelujah? But you know, in Power City, I won't even answer you like, you know, because we equip you to do the work of ministry. By teaching you that Christ is where? In you. That's why I love this church. That's why my family comes to this church every Sunday and every time we have conferences. 
That's why, you know, I love to teach the word of God in this church. I love Power City. There's no church I love like Power City. I go anywhere in the world, I'm in a hurry to come back here. I love the house. I love the emphasis. I love the doctrine. I love the people. I love the faces. I love the spirit. I love the heart. I love, I love you, Power City. That's why I want to be here all the time. I want to be here all the time. I want to be here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Sometimes even if you're not here, I want to be here. I love Power City. <laughs> when you're not here, I come here and I teach the word of God. And I teach you by faith in the spirit. I see your faces in the spirit and I say, receive now. Receive. And I hear you in the spirit shouting, Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. I love it here in Power City because here we don't play games here we don't manipulate we teach you the word of God in his purity and we leave you to grow in the knowledge of Christ so you too can help others to grow somebody shout I hear you alright so that's why we teach you that Christ is in you we are not Pharisees and Sadducees we are not teachers of the law we teach grace we teach all that Christ came to do on your behalf the law says you will do this grace says it has been done the law says he do grace says dawn that's what we teach the body of christ all over the world every one of god's children is entitled to god's leading and god's direction every one of you here is entitled to god's leading and god's direction but not every one of god's children know how god leads not everyone knows how god leads secondly not every one of God's children listens. Not everyone listens. Some people, you know, hear them say, well, pastor, I have six brothers who want to marry me. Which one should I marry? You can't be in this church for two to three years and still be asking me such dumb questions. Because that's a dumb question. Some people think that the job of the pastor is to give you weather for focus. Don't travel, the weather will be bad. It will be sunshine in Abuja. Don't go to Lagos today, rain will fall. You will not be able to do what you went there to do. That's not our job. We teach you to live by faith in the word of God. You live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Some people cannot live without their friends. Everything I want to do, they must ask their friends, what do you think? What do you think? Should I do? Should I not do? And their friends will confuse them. Because human counsel can be wrong. That's why you must know God's word. Because God's word is sure and reliable. Look at Romans chapter 8 verse 14. Romans chapter 8 verse number 14. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now let's split that verse into two. As many as are the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. How is that one? As many as are the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. If you are a son of God, you are led by the Spirit of God. Say with me everybody very loud. Remember our radio audience are waiting to hear your voices. I am led by the Spirit of God. Because I'm a son of God. Amen. Are you a son of God? The book of John 1.12 tells us as many as receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. 
First John chapter 3 verse 1. First John chapter 3 verse number 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father had bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Verse 2, verse 2. Now are we the sons of God. Glory to God. Somebody shout, I am a son of God now. Galatians chapter 4 verse 6 Galatians chapter 4 verse number 6 and because you are sons not stepchildren you are sons God has set forth the spirit of his son into your hearts crying Abba Father he says as many as are sons of God are led by the spirit of God the word led by the spirit led by the spirit of God is a compound word Led by the Spirit of God. It implies two things. You know, when an aircraft, Ibom Air, which is becoming, you know, the, the best airline in the whole of Africa. When Ibom Air is taking off, when it taxis and takes off, you will hear them say, oh, the plane is airborne. Airborne means the air is carrying the plane. The plane is airborne. The air is carrying the plane. It is borne by the air. It means it is carried by the wind. So when there is a distortion in the wind, the plane begins to have problems. They call it turbulence in Africa. In the, in the, in the international world, they call it rough air. The plane is going through rough air so that you don't feel the impact. But in Africa, they tell you we're having turbulence. Your heart goes boom. But internationally, they tell you we're going through some rough air. Fasting your seatbelt so that you're comfortable. So that one doesn't come with the psychology of problem. It's just rough air. But in Africa, turbulence. We are having a turbulent weather. Fasting your seatbelt. So, oh, Jesus, I thank you, Lord. Holy Ghost fire. Angels carry this plane. Sit and get your hands off. Sit and pack your load and go. Sit and <laughs> One of those days we were flying, let me expose Mr. Michael Bush. We were flying at Ibom Air, and as we took off to go to Lagos, we, we, we turned. And the, the pilot said, I'm sorry, we have to turn back because one of our engines is having a problem. So we landed. And then I'm sitting down, and then Mr. Michael Bush called me. And I said, yeah, Intercontinental, how are you doing? He said, I'm good, man. I wasn't, why are you? I said, I'm traveling. I was going to Lagos. We got in the aircraft. And then suddenly they said a bed struck the engine. And the plane had to come back. And we're waiting for the next plane. He said, Papa, you're waiting. If it's me, I will go home. I will fly again. <laughs> I will fly again today. <laughs> today is canceled. <laughs> I laughed until I was ready for the next plane. <laughs> All right, so uh, when the air is bad, you will hear we are going through rough air or turbulence because the plane is airborne. So the condition of the air will determine the comfort or the discomfort of the aircraft. It is borne by the wind. Now that's the meaning of the word led. That is carried. As many as are led, as many as are carried by the Spirit of God. That is, as many as are inspired or as many as are urged on or to be born. That is when something gives birth to you. As many as are born by the Spirit, carried by the Spirit, urged on by the Spirit, as many as are inspired by the Spirit, as many as are 
born by the spirit, they are the sons of God. So he says they are sons of God by the spirit of God. They are born by the spirit of God. Look at verse 15 and 16 of the same Romans chapter 8, 15 and 16. <clears throat> For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Next verse. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are. Somebody shout, I am. Somebody shout, I am a child of God. Yeah, that we are the children of God, not adopted children. We are the original children of God. The spirit of God bears. The word bears witness means to endorse something. To endorse or to sign on something. To sign on that you are a child of God. So he says you are born of the spirit. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 17. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 17. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Say with me, I am one spirit with God. Look at verse 19 of 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? Who dwells in you? The Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit dwells in you. Everybody say with me, the Holy Spirit dwells in me first corinthians 3 16 first corinthians chapter 3 verse number 16 know ye not that you are the temple of god and that the spirit of god dwelleth in you the holy spirit dwells in me so i am led by the spirits i am endorsed of the spirit the same spirit now lives in me the spirit that gave birth to me lives on my inside. So I don't start, need to start looking at the mountains. I look up to the mountains, to the hills. No. No mountain. No hills. The spirit that gave birth to you now lives inside you. So his leading will be inside. His leading will not be outside. His leading will be inside. Because he lives inside. He can't live inside you and be leading you from outside. Do you know what I'm talking about? He can't live inside you and then be leading you from outside. He lives in you to lead you from inside. The leading will be inside. It will not be from outside. It will be inside out, not outside in. Please stay with me. So, Direction, therefore, is not outside. Direction is inside. Because the Spirit of God dwells in me. Look at John chapter 14 verse 16. John chapter 14 verse number 16. And I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Alright? So that promise, Jesus has fulfilled it. He will abide with you for how long? Oh, I didn't hear that. Can I hear it better? How long is the Holy Spirit going to abide with you? Forever. No condition. He will not abide with you forever if you remain a good boy. He will not abide with you forever if you behave yourself. 
He will not abide with you forever as long as you are. No, no conditions. He will abide with you forever. You know, some people don't believe it. Because they are not taught. They are not taught. The Holy Spirit stays in you to help you out of sin. The Holy Spirit doesn't run away from sin. It helps you out of sin. The Holy Ghost is not afraid of sin. That's why he's in you to help you. He is your helper. The Holy Spirit does not desert you or abandon you when you do wrong. He stays with you. The Holy Ghost is not a fair weather friend. You know fair weather friends. When it is good with you, they stay with you. When it is bad with you, they abandon you. Then when you have some money, they come close. When things are rough, they abandon you. Holy Ghost is not a fair weather friend who only comes when you are behaving right. In fact, he likes to be there when you are behaving wrong so that he can have something to work on. He's not a fair weather friend. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He will never leave you. Never, never, never. Never, ever, never, ever, ever, never, never, ever. He will never abandon you. He will never leave you. He will stay with you forever. When you are down, he will be down with you to spring you up. When you fall, he will go to the ground with you and roll off his sleeves and get you up. That's his work. That's why he's to stay with you until the redemption of the purchased possession. Glory to God. He will never leave you. He will never abandon you. Glory to God. David had just committed sin. He killed a man's, a woman's husband. Collected the wife from the man. That's not good. That's not right. But look at David now. He begins to pray. Creating me a clean heart. Under the Old Testament. Jesus has not died. Cast me not away from your presence. That means even though I've done bad, I know I am still in your presence. You didn't hear that. He didn't say you have cast me away. He said cast me. That means all this while from when I did the wrong till now that I'm talking to you, I'm still in your presence. So David knew that he was still in the presence. Take not your Holy Spirit. That means he knew that the Holy Spirit was still with him. That means David knows better than many pastors today. David knows better than many bishops whom the Holy Ghost leaves them every time they do wrong. You know, who loses salvation many times a day? They lose salvation many times a day. Yet David knew better before Jesus died. Eons of years ago, he says, I will dwell in your house forever. He didn't say I will visit. He said, I will dwell. David talked about eternal salvation. With long life shall you satisfy me. Long life is eternal life. And he explained what he means by long life. You shall satisfy me and show me your salvation. So this long life will be expressed in salvation. David understood what many preachers today are still jumping all over the place and, and fighting themselves on. Somebody sent me a mail. I think he asked the counselor, Mr. Bush may read that mail. He said there's a hot debate going on on social media. It's going on very hot. I don't want to call names because I don't like promoting individuals. I promote the cause for which I am called to preach. 
And that these guys are confusing themselves all over social media. That Jesus is not God Almighty. Jesus is not God Almighty. It's only people that refuse to listen to me teach that will follow those guys. And I'm not going to do anything to help those guys. Those that will be deceived will be deceived until they are deceived to silliness. You have a sound Bible teacher teaching you the word of God and you're jumping around and scratching on. First of all, anybody that does not believe that Jesus is God is Antichrist. I don't care the name on his head. Once you don't believe that Jesus is God, you are an Antichrist. It's the Bible. I can prove it to you all over. I can give you scriptures quickly. And I don't debate with such people because it's a waste of strength. We have no basis of discussion until two of us agree that Jesus is God. Once we can't agree on that, there's no point of discussion. Those are not issues for debate. Those are what makes Christianity Christianity. And without all controversy. Great is the mystery of godliness. That God is manifest in the flesh. I, I feel like I'm teaching this morning. It's not an issue for debate. What are you debating about? Why don't we debate whether you are born by a human being or not? Let's debate on that one. But let's not debate on the deity of Christ. Jesus is God Almighty who became a man to save man. He's the tenthropos. He's God man. As God, he said, let us make man. As man, he died for man. When he rose from the dead, he justified man. He's God Almighty. If you listen to me teach on reflecting the father, you won't even waste your time listening to that debate. Isaiah says his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So, it takes a blind man not to see those realities in scripture. Debate what? And I want you don't cut this video and put it on social media because I'm not helping the debate. I'm not a part of that debate. I'm just talking to you as my children. Anybody that argues on the deity of Christ is not a is not a Christian. And anybody who denies the humanity of Christ is antichrist. So both the, the denial of his deity and the rejection of his humanity defines the antichrist. Am I teaching? It's antichrist. It's total, and the Bible says they will manifest themselves because they are not of us. They may be among us for a while, but when the presence of life come, their true color will come out. And their true color is coming out. So you know the spirit of error from the spirit of the truth. Huh? Jesus is God. Do like this. Jesus is God. Almighty. Glory to God. Glory to God. That's our common confession. The word usubia in the Greek. Our common confession is that God has become a man. To save man. That's the love of God. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Somebody said, no, it's, it, they don't know it. No, it's not that they don't know it. They are not believers. They are not Christians. Anybody, let me re-emphasize because that one, when you start talking about you're looking for my trouble. Anybody who denies or argues on the deity of Christ is not a Christian. Did you hear that? He's not a Christian. From that day, that person ceases to be a Christian. 
in my estimation. And from that day, I and that person have no basis for this course. Except he wants me to teach him, not for us to argue. That's our common confession. That's our meeting ground. What is a creed? What is the creed that the founding fathers of Christianity established for us? I believe in God the Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit, our God. That's our creed. Hear ye, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. We don't have three gods. And you know, honey, as the days go by, this thing is going to get hot. The true Christians will emerge out of the rubble. These are the things that will expose people. These are the things that will draw the dividing line. Oh yes, and I'm excited about it. Yeah. All those that are among us in wolves in sheep clothing, their true color will come out. Which issues begin to come out. Then you will know who is a Christian and who is not a Christian. Take not your Holy Spirit. Shagadaga. Are we saying that once you are in Christ, you can live in hell? Of course, you know that's not what we're saying. John 14, 17 and 18. John 14, 17 and 18. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not. Neither knoweth him. But you know him... For he dwelleth with you and shall be where? In. Shall be where? In. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. The Holy Spirit is in me forever. Jesus said in Matthew 28 verse 20. Matthew chapter 28 verse 20. Lo, I am with you always even unto the end of the world. Amen. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5. Hebrews chapter 13 verse number 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Give me the amplified and I want everybody to read with me like a mass choir. The amplified version. Let's go if you can see it because it looks tiny. Let your character or moral disposition be free from love of money including greed avarice lost craving for earthly possession and be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have for he god himself has said that's where i want us to read from i will not in any way fail you nor give you up nor leave you without support i will not i will not I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down. Relax my hold on you, assuredly not. Glory to God. I will not, I will not, I will not. Emphasis. I will not let you down. I will not fail you. I will not forsake you. Assuredly not. I mean, what can be more assuring than that? They go by the gas. Uh, uh, uh. 
So the Holy Spirit is in us. Romans chapter 8 verse 9. Romans chapter 8 verse number 9. Romans 8 9. But you are not in the flesh but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ. He is none of his. Somebody said me very loud. I have the spirit of Christ right now. See that's why you are called a son of God. Jesus said he will be with you forever. The Holy Spirit is in me now. Can you say that very loud? Say it again. Say it again. No, shout it like you know what you're talking about. Full time. He's in you. He's not in the earthquake. He's not in the thunder. He's not in the fire. Though it was God that brought the earthquake, the fire, and the thunder, but God used it to teach him that I am not in those things. Because his leading was not there. I must know where God leads. The issue is sometimes our attention is on the wrong spot. In the wrong places. We look for direction in the wrong places. Direction is always there, but the point is, do you know where it is? You can't just pray labor labor or labor <laughs> stop that <thing. laughs> labor and then go to see a prophet or see one bishop in yeah? <laughs> Somebody shout, I'm led by God. I'm not confused. Question, where is the Holy Spirit? Who shall guide you into all the truth? Where is the Holy Ghost? So if the Holy Ghost is the one guiding you and is in you, where will direction come from? Inside you. Direction will come from inside the believer. These are just basics. We'll soon get into some complicated things in the course of this. That will open up things very simply for you. So, we are led by the Spirit. John 7, 38. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. John, 14, John 4, 14. The Spirit is in you. The water will spring up from within you unto eternal life. So God has given the Holy Spirit to us. Listen carefully. Listen to some of these things I want to say now. The Holy Spirit dwells in my spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in my spirit. Hmm. Man is a spirit, has a soul, lives in a body. The Holy Spirit is in your spirit. We go to circular schools to educate our minds. We go to the gym to develop our bodies. We develop our bodies in the gym. We educate our minds in circular schools. Someone can have muscles, be very intelligent, but not born again. Because muscle development and mental development is not equal to salvation. Why? When God saves you, he saves your spirit. 
Salvation is of the spirit. So man is a spirit. He has a soul. He lives in a body. Now listen carefully. The voice of the spirit is the conscience. The conscience. The voice of the soul is the mind or the emotions. The voice of the soul. The voice of your body is feelings. The voice of the body is feelings. The voice of the, of the soul is your mind or your emotions. The voice of the spirit is your conscience. That's how the Bible tells you forgive people, but sometimes people rough handle you and you don't feel like forgiving them. You can even say, I forgive you. Then some more time, say, I changed my mind. The way I'm feeling, eh? look, don't come close to me. Because your feelings have taken over your spirit. Your spirit knows you should forgive. But your feelings have overwhelmed the voice of your spirit. And you are sowing to the flesh. And the resultant effect of that unforgiveness will result in bitterness. And it may end up even in murder. So that's why you don't yield to the flesh because it will bring you to corruption. You yield to the spirit. And when you yield to the spirit, your body feels cheated. Let it be cheated. Let it be cheated. Your body feels cheated. Sometimes you feel so cheated that you even cry. Cry, but let the spirit win. Because he that sowed to the spirit shall reap life eternal. Am I teaching? So that's why we've got to yield to the spirit. The voice of the body is feelings. Your feelings are not a right guide. Don't be led by your feelings. Don't follow your feelings. The spirit functions by knowing. And of all the three components, it's only the spirit that generates something. Every other part of man, quote and unquote, will need to receive the process. The spirit generates. That's why you have the Holy Ghost in you today. The spirit functions by knowledge. That is why you will know. That you may know the things that are freely given to you of God. When I got saved, my feelings did not change. When I got saved, my feelings did not change. That's why some people, after they are born again, it's easy to deceive them and tell them God has not forgiven you and they start confessing. Because when you are saved, it's not a feeling something. Your feelings don't change. When you are saved, you still don't feel any different. Because salvation is not a body stuff. Salvation is a spirit force. It's a spiritual reality. Your body will not change. When you got born again, you still remember how to ride your bicycle. You received Christ. You went out, climbed your bicycle and rode home. Because your mind didn't change. The real change took place in your spirit. Then after your spirit is changed, your spirit begins to work on your mind and on your body. So that's why those who want to feel something when they are born again may never be sure they are born again. Because it's not feelings. But you know it. So that's why to be born again, there's need for teaching. Because teaching will not make you know beyond your feelings that you are born again. Hallelujah. 
When I got saved, I knew that God has become my father. I knew that my sins were forgiven. When I speak in tongues, I know I'm speaking by the spirit of God. So the spirit functions by knowledge. Usually, you will not be able to explain it in A, B, C, D, E, F, G. But, you know, um, you will know that something has happened inside. Now, the soul functions by reasoning. The soul functions by logic. By reasoning. By asking questions. You logically look at things. You look at things logically. But your logic cannot see that there will be coronavirus 2020 March. Where the world will be locked down. So because all your mind does is logical calculations. You have already calculated 2020 was going to be your best year of investment. January you took all your capital and invested into a business. And then February, all the salary you have, you push into that business because you have logically calculated and projected. Then March, bam, the whole world locks down. All your investments went down the drain. Why? You are led by logic. And logic cannot see the unseen. That is where weather forecast fails. Most times the weather forecasters will forecast that the, 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 the flight will have turbulence. And before we take off, the pilot will say this plane, as we are taking off, we're going to have a lot of, 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 of bumpy ride throughout the flight. And sometimes I sit down in that plane and I say, in the name of Jesus, I have dominion over the things in the sky, on the ground and under the ground. I'm in authority here. So turbulence, I command you to move now. Move. And I command you the air and the clouds to give me a comfortable ride in Jesus' name. And we take off on that flight, not one turbulent till we land. Because they gave us analysis logically and I superseded the analysis by superimposing the supernatural. So sometimes you can have analysis that are correct, but unseen forces can interfere. And those unseen forces are under your command. That's the superiority of the man that is born of God. So is everyone that is born of God. It's like the wind. You cannot tell where it's coming from. You cannot tell where it's going to. But you hear the sound of his impact. Am I talking to somebody here? Your life is not subject to people's predictions. No, your life is in your hand. You shall have what you say. I thought somebody would shout, I'm in authority here. Let me hear you say it one more time. Let me hear you say it one more time. That's the limit of logic. All the financial analysts globally were, met their Waterloo last year. March, boom, the whole world shut down. Economy shut down. Politics shut down. Government shut down. Medical science shut down. All of these are fields of logic. They are fields of human discovery. They are fields of intellectual, intellectual activities. Expertise. Professionals who are accurate to the dot, yet unforeseen circumstances render their intelligence moribund morbid only men of the spirit some of us foresaw we couldn't articulate it in grammar but we knew something was coming 
and we began to prepare every one of you. Remember? We were teaching and instructing you in things that were about to happen but we couldn't put our fingers on because the spiritual man knows all things. So we were not shocked. And we just continued doing what we were doing as if nothing was happening. Until everything finished, nothing happened to us. We were not ruffled because the spiritual man knows. All the analysts were analyzing and calculating and prophets that are led by their senses were busy prophesying. Is it prophesying or prophesying? That's why some of them have lost ministry. Because after everything, their customers don't see why they should go back. In India, idols have been homeless. They carried all their shrines and threw them on the street. Useless. Idiot. Idiot. You're occupying space without paying rent. When it is time for you now to pay your rent, you didn't have a... Ah, they threw away their idols. There'll be more reasons to throw more idols. You're not saying a good amen. I'm teaching good this morning. I'm almost done. I'm going to get in some very specific things in the next service on direction. This is a series you don't want to miss any part of it because it will help you a lot. It will deliver you from trial and errors. It will deliver you from hit and miss. It will deliver you from many things. It will deliver you from wasting too much time going in circles. It will deliver you from going the lo longest route instead of the shortest way. Israel were on a journey of 40 years instead of 11 days because they lacked direction. Bible says they kept going in one, one place. They kept going in one spot. They thought they were making progress because there was movement. The fact that there is movement doesn't mean it's movement in the right direction. You can be moving in the same spot. Moving in the same spot. If you're not careful, after a while, you start, you start staggering because as you're moving, your eyes will start turning because you're moving too much. Full of activity, no progress. You're just activity in the same spot. That's what happened to Israel for 40 years. Can you imagine? A man is going in one spot for 40 years. One spot for 40 years because of lack of direction. Everybody thinks the man is full of activity. He's busy. He looks happy and excited. After 40 years, you look back, nothing has been added. Because the man does not know how to go to the city. 11 days journey. Took 40 years. Lack of direction. A child of God who lacks direction will live a life that is not fulfilled. An unfulfilled life. A life of misery. You're born of God, but you're not living the most. You're supposed to have the best of two worlds. You didn't hear that. As a child of God, you're supposed to have the best of two worlds. The best of eternity and the best of this material world. But it's subject to you being led by the Spirit. So we must learn to listen to our spirits primarily. Primarily. Some things will not be logical. But you will know within you that God wants you to do them. They may not make sense. But you know that this is what God wants. And this is God's simplest way of guiding us. In the little affairs of life. Simple things. Sometimes we get so emotional. And very logical about many things. Yet our spirit, where the Holy Spirit is, is giving us another direction. But we are not listening. We are not listening. Acts 20, 21, quickly. A few scriptures and I pray for you. Acts 20, 21. 
testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Next verse. And now observe, behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. Bound. That word bound is a word compelled. Like something is urging you to do something. I am compelled to go to Jerusalem, not knowing what I will see. That's the difference between the spirit and the soul. In my mind, no one told me anything. In my mind, I didn't hear anything. In my mind, I don't know who, what is waiting for me. In my mind, I do not know if the company I'm joining to walk in will grow. But I know in my spirit, I should go to Jerusalem. He said, not knowing the things that befall me there. So, in his spirit, he feels compelled. But in his mind, he can't see any, any logical reason. That's the difference. Where sometimes your spirit is telling you to move. Your mind is fighting the direction of your spirit. You've got to put your mind aside and bypass your mind and go with your spirit. Because your spirit is always right. Your mind could be faulty many times. So two kinds of knowledge. Knowledge from your spirit and knowledge from your soul. Not knowing. But in your spirit, you feel compelled and urged to go. Let me show you another impression that will come to you as an urge to go and do something. Acts 14.9. Acts chapter 14 verse 9. The same had Paul speak who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed. The word perceive. Perceive. You do not see faith. But he perceived insight. That means he knew inside him that the man had faith to be healed, perceived. He knew it inside. Look at Acts 16, 16. Acts 16. I came to pass as we went to prayer, setting down self-possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought our masters much gain by suit, saying, 17, 17, the same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, these men are the servants of the most high God, which show us the way of salvation. Look at verse 18. And this did she many days, but Paul being grieved, perceived, grieved, bound, these are expressions. Being grieved, turned, and said to the spirit, I command in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out the same hour. Grieved. Being annoyed inside. Everybody was hearing it. And having fun that this girl was prophesying. But Paul was angry inside. There are some things they just make you uncomfortable. You cannot explain it logically, but you know inside. Mm -mm. The mind is a slow learner. The mind is very slow. As intelligent as we think our minds are, they are very slow. Everything I'm teaching you this morning, all I have taught you this morning, and everything I will teach you in the next few weeks, your spirit already knows them. But your mind is too slow. So your mind is dragging. But your spirit is ahead. That's why as I'm teaching you, inside you, you just have a knowing. Yeah. 
That's right. That's correct. Correct. Right. Right. Because your spirit knows. It's only your mind that is trying to catch up. Because the mind is very slow. That's why you can't trust the mind to lead you. You trust your spirit to lead you. So, Paul said, I pray with my spirit, but my understanding is unfruitful. Unfruitful. The mind follows. Look at Acts 27 verse 9 and 10. Acts chapter 27 verse 9 and 10. Now, when much time was spent, and when sailing was now dangerous, because the past was now, the fast was now already past, Paul admonished them, next verse, and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive, perceive, that this voyage will be with heart and much damage, not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. Perceive. He perceived, you know, what Paul perceived was that everybody will die. But the story is that everybody did not die. Because a few verses, you know, over that, Paul said, an angel stood by me last night. So between verse 9 and 10, something happened. The sailing was smooth when Paul spoke, but the analysis of Paul was not right. He said there will be danger and we will lose our lives. That's what he perceived. But he didn't give accurate interpretation to the perception. So sometimes you perceive something. Your interpretation may not be accurate, but it will not be far from it. I don't know if I'm explaining. You, it may not be accurate, your analysis, because we're dealing with spiritual matters. But what you are perceiving, your analysis will not be too far from what you are perceiving. I'm just taking them to show you that. You know, and then shortly there was a strong wind. When Paul was talking, there was no wind. Then suddenly there was a strong wind. Apparently, that was what Paul perceived. But Paul didn't interpret it well. Because, you know, uh, nobody died. So there are times we may not be able to interpret accurately, but will not be far from the reality. Amen? Let me show you how God will lead you uh, in a quick few points, bullet points that I will expand in the next service. How God will not lead you, sorry. How God will not lead you. How God will not lead you. Number one, God's leading will not be fearful. When God leads you, there's no fear. God does not lead you with fear. I'm afraid something bad will happen. That is not God. I'm afraid I may not make it. That is not God. In the leading of God, there is no fear. Second Timothy 1.7 God has not given you the spirit of fear. Fear never comes from God. He has given his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways lest you dash your foot against a stone. I close with 1 John 4, 18. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. The remaining points are given in the next service. Then I will show you two simple ways to recognize the leading of God in the next service. There is no fear in love. Somebody shout no fear here. I didn't hear you at all. Can I hear it one more time? Put up the scripture. But perfected love casteth out fear. Because fear had torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Fear has torment. Means fear has bondage. God doesn't put people in bondage. 
You have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. So any prophecy, any leading, any direction, any perception that brings fear is not God. Once there is fear in it, rule God out. God does not do business with fear. He delivers people from fear. Any word of knowledge, prophecy that hits you and fear overshadows you, park the word of knowledge, park the prophecy with everything it brought, put in the dustbin. If it is God, it will provoke faith. It will not provoke fear. God has no business with fear. He delivers from fear. Let me close with this story. I was traveling from Calabar. You know, a few years ago when Calabar Road used to be blocked and there would be no passage. So we went to Calabar to preach and the road was blocked. Two days, nobody was coming from Calabar. Then they told me that there is a shortcut through Oron that will go through the sea. Sea? <laughs> me and sea, we don't have anything in common. <laughs> because I cannot swim. Sea? They say, yeah, you have to go through the sea. Otherwise, we don't know when the road will open. And then we were with our car. They say, no, there's a ferry that will carry both the car and the human beings. What? Okay. I don't want to stay in Calabar. So we went to the, the sea. They loaded eight cars on the ferry. And all of us, the car owners, were inside. When we started the journey, I felt it's an opportunity to preach the gospel. So I stood up and said, ladies and gentlemen, Give me your ears. I want to share with you the word of God. Oh, leave us alone. Don't disturb us. Uh -uh. I, I want to share with you the word of God. They ignored me in that ferry and refused to listen. So I sat down and I mind my business. <laughs> Ten minutes into the high sea, the water dried up. The ferry sat on sand and started sinking. We just heard ourselves going, shh, shh. The people started screaming. I said, but I told you to give me your ears. Let me preach. Now I will have performed a miracle. Everybody said, please perform the miracle. Please. I said, I'm not performing. They gathered. They were holding my leg. Please, sir. Please, sir. Please, sir. Perform the miracle. I said, wait. Before I perform the miracle, I have to preach. They said, we are dying. I said, no. I will command the ferry not to go down again. So they said, okay, please. I said, in the name of Jesus, sand, hold your peace. Ferry, stabilize. Everything stabilized. I said, okay, everybody sit down. Quickie. All of them, with all their big, big cars, sat down. I said, I want to preach the word of God. They say, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Anything you do now, we are for you. I preach correct gospel. I got people born again. Who will not be born again there? <laughs> Even the cars were born again. Now, there's an evangelist that always walk, you know, travels through that ferry preaching. Who was in that ferry with me that day? And he was supporting me. Then after I led them to Christ, prayed for everybody. I now said, I want to take an offering. But so that you will give good offering. I'm going to command the water to come back. So that this ferry can begin to float. Then I will take the offering. So I spoke to the water. And then I now said to them, we're going to sing a song and give God thanks. So we started singing and water started coming. Water started coming. Before you know it, the ferry was floating on the water. And I said, before we start the journey, I will take the offering. Come and see money. <laughs> ah! Holy Ghost. Money came out like this in the ferry. No bank. It was inside their pockets. 
I collected the offering very well. Then I now told the captain of the ferry to proceed. So we began to travel. Then I prayed for people that needed prayer and miracles. It became a full-blown service. As we were arriving around, I just gathered all the plenty money they gave me. I said, evangelist. He said, yes, sir. I said, this is for you. You've been preaching in this ferry. I'm not sure anybody has ever given you offering. God brought me today to comfort your soul. Take all the money. Keep preaching. And then we highlighted and came down. The man said, can I have your number, sir? I gave him people collecting my number. That day I became the celebrity in that place. <laughs> Odudu. <laughs> the man came to Uyo the evangelist and said, Sir, I tell you, God sent you. I've been preaching in that ferry year in, year out. Nobody ever gave me anything. That offering is the biggest offering I've ever seen. I said, Go there and be doing miracles. More offering. <laughs> there may be danger, but if you're led by the Spirit, you will have solution to the dangers. But if you're led by your mind, your mind has no solution to offer. So that's why we've got to be led. We've got to walk in the spirit. We are born of God. And direction comes from inside out. Are you blessed this morning? If you're blessed, can I have a powerful amen? Stand on your feet. That's all I got for you in this house. Glory to God. Stand on your feet and say to me very loud, I'm led by the spirit. I'm born of the spirit. No hit and miss in my life. I have clarity. I yield to the spirit. I walk in the spirit. I follow the spirit. And in the name of Jesus, I will not be distracted and I will not be sidelined. God's purpose for my life will be completely fulfilled. No stagnation. No stagnation. I follow the plan. I follow the purpose and I follow the dream of God for my life. I live a life of victory. I live a life of success. And I live a life of triumph. I'm born of God. The spirit of God is in me. I'm led by the spirit. I thought I would have a powerful amen. Are you blessed this morning? Can you give the Lord a shout and a glory in the building? Lift your right hands. Father, I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice. Confusion ends right now. Confusion ceases right now. Stagnation ceases right now. Right now. Right now. Satan, get your hands off. Confusion in the name of Jesus. There goes Jackie Alanamas. Seize right now. Clarity of direction. Clarity of steps to take. Clarity of what to do. You know what to do. Somebody say that three times. Say it again. Say it one more time. Say I'm not confused. I know what to do. Somebody came to me and said, Papa, I don't know what to do. I said, go, 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 go. When you know what to do, come back. The person came again and said, Papa, I still don't know what to do. I said, get out of here. I said, when you know, don't come back here till you know what to do. Then I, I think the person got the message. Then the person came back and said, Papa, I know what to do. I said, exactly, you know what to do. You know what to do. 
A believer never says, I don't know what to do. We call the things that be not as though they were. So when you don't know what to do, that is when you know what to do. You open your mouth and begin to say, I know what to do. I know what to do. And then what do you do? I know what to do. I know what to do. When you are operating like that, suddenly an understanding will break forth. Because there is no believer that is not led by God. Say with me, I know what to do. Say concerning that situation, concerning that business, concerning that career, I know what to do now. Glory to God. I know what to do. About that situation, I know exactly what to do. I know what to do. I know what to do. I know what to do. Glory to God. You know what to do? You know what to do. You know what to do. You know exactly what to do. Then go do what you need to do. Glory to God. I said go and do what you need to do. Somebody say I'm going. To do what I need to do. And results will come out of it. I didn't have a good amen. Father we pray and we rejoice. We rejoice because it is done. There's no confusion here. There's no error here. We have clarity. We have precision. We have accuracy. We have direction. And we give you praise. In Jesus name. Can I have a powerful amen? Go ahead and give the Lord a praise for a few minutes. Give him a praise for a few seconds everybody. Give him a shout. Give him a jump. Give him a scream. Glory! 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 Amen! Woo! I want to take up your offerings quickly as I join Mr. Michael Bush in the next few minutes for Ask the Counselor. But remember today is the day for my offering. Now before I take my offering, before I take my offering, I want to take up your honor offerings and our usual offerings. Then at the end of the service, I will take my offering. Now listen carefully. I take this offering once every year. It is an offering that I take from you in honor of the labor that I put over you in the last one month and, uh, you know, intensive training. And, you know, I had a leading to always do this because that allows you to get the full benefit of the blessing. The full benefit. Because that's honor. When you honor, you get the best out of that ministry. When Jesus was honored, he gave the best. He gave to the people who received him the best. He went to his hometown. They didn't receive him. He could dare do no mighty works. There are mighty things God is set to do in your life, but it becomes expressive by honor. Honor is critical. So I'm going to take up that special honor offering. And I've told you, I'm going to take the offering, but I'm going to put it back into the work. Okay, but I want to take it so that it, it's you that honored me. Then I'll put it back in the work. Can I have a good amen? Kenneth E. Higgins said he went to a church to preach. And every time he stood on that pulpit to preach, everything he was saying was bouncing back on him. After two days, it's like the people are not receiving. So he went to God in fasting and prayer. And in the midst of the fasting, he said his eyes were open in a vision. He saw a lot of blessings hanging all over the roof of that church. And then he asked God, what is that for? He said, God told him, all of those are the blessings of these people. But these people can't receive it because they are in dishonor to their pastor's ministry. 
So Ken Hagen said to God, what do I do? He said, God told him tonight you have to take up a special offering for the pastor and ask the people to repent because they have treated their pastor in uttermost dishonor. And when you're in dishonor, you cannot receive what is yours. It's not that God will not give. It is you do not have the ability to receive. So Ken Hagen said he came to the church, shared with them the vision and rebuked them with scriptures for their dishonor to their pastor, to their man of God. And after that, he asked them to give a very serious sacrificial offering. And people gave and worked and brought all the offerings. He received the offerings, gave to the pastor, prayed for the church. Boom! Things just started opening up for people. Things just started opening up. All kinds of things that have been delayed, all kinds of things started just happening in that congregation. You know, when you dishonor the ministry that ministers to you, or you take that ministry for granted, or you treat that ministry as common, you don't get the blessing that is meant to, to be yours. Brother Paul said, when I come, I am sure that I will come in the fullness of the blessing. You can't be under a ministry that is, that is pure like this, and yet you are still having hangovers all over the place. Your growth is not obvious. Things are all over the place. Struggles everywhere. You need to do an honor check. And today I'm giving you that opportunity to fix whatever is dishonorable in your life by honoring the grace of God that comes from this pulpit. Including those online, including those on radio, and including those on television. Or everyone that is a part of the, even our campuses, even the campuses, any campus that is in dishonor, you will find out that all is happening is a word coming, but people are not leaving out the realities of what is being taught. Because dishonor short-circuits you from the blessing. It's so important. Honor is big in the scriptures. So I'm going to take up that honor offering. And if you didn't prepare for it adequately, if you were casual about it, that is dishonor. It is something you take very serious. You honor what God honors. Don't dishonor what God dishonors. I'm going to take that offering today. And if you didn't prepare for it, you need to prepare for it. I give you an extra day. That is tomorrow. Because I've been talking about it since last Sunday. And those of you online, if you need banking details for that honor offering, you need to shoot a mail right now to Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com. Somebody said the man is taking an offering for himself. When I was teaching, was I not teaching by myself? I taught by myself. I take the offering by myself. Is there something wrong with that? Thank you very much. Don't mention. <laughs> Praise God. All right, so that's that on the honor offering. All right, which I'm going to take specially at the end of the service. And the reason why I'm pushing that now is because the online people won't be here when we're taking the honor offering. So you can go ahead and send your honor offerings right now. And if you don't have the banking details to send it to me, shoot a mail to Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com. And I want to thank you for honoring me and giving. And remember, when you honor me, God honors you. And all the blessings that are yours are released to you. Can I have a powerful amen? All right, lift up your offerings as we give. Father, thank you for everyone giving in this building. We give in faith. We give with joy. Our offerings are a sweet smell before you today. In Jesus' name we pray. And every believer says a powerful amen. I'll be joining Mr. Michael Bush in another three, four minutes, you know, in Ask the Counselor now. But just before that, we're going to give our offerings online, television. We're not signing you off radio. We're not signing you off. Stay with us. It's going to be exciting. Hit the music. Let's do it anywhere around the pulpit. Bring your offerings as we worship. Praise God.
our kingdom investments and your worship offering for this service. Please don't ever, ever be weary in well-doing. The Bible says, don't be weary in well-doing. Kingdom investment, it is very, very important. Don't ever forget it. Please, I like you, don't forget kingdom. Don't forget any of the givings that we make in this house. Hallelujah. The word is enough for a while. Bring up your kingdom investment and your worship offering. Everybody, kingdom investment and your worship offering. Kingdom investment, when you come forth, you put the kingdom investment in the baskets and your offering on the wall here. Raise it up, Father. We thank you. We appreciate you. We thank you because we are only reflecting who we are in you and who you have made us. And we thank you because there is nothing that we have that we didn't receive. And when we offer, we offer in appreciation of your goodness. We offer in honor. We offer in thanksgiving. We offer in faith. And we thank you because you receive us and you receive our offerings. And we thank you for the blessings which we enjoy endlessly in Jesus' precious name. Every believer say amen. All right, you come forward as the choir will sing smartly. Drop your offerings and your kingdom investments. Yeah.
Psalm, 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 Psalm 22.5 small minutes before it's top of the hour. This morning in Uyo, Nigeria, at this particular time in Uyo, Nigeria, I would just love to shout glory. Please be seated with me. Let's get on with Ask the Counselor. For the radio audience, especially the traditional opening announcements, bank details, account name, remains Power City International. There are two banks that I'll give you for the road. I'll start with UBA 139-26465, 139-26465. That's for UBA, account name, Power City International. It's the same account name for FCMB 29 FCMB, Power City International. That's announcement number one. Quickly. Quickly. Announcement number two, I believe you have very little time at your disposal, but we can do phone calls, can't we? The number for you to do that on is plus two three four. Again, if you're doing from outside Nigeria, otherwise simply 0806 800 You want to send us an SMS or two, the number again from outside Nigeria is plus two three four. Otherwise, it's 0703 you can also send an email or two to ask the counselor now at gmail.com. That is announcement number three. In a jiffy, announcement number three. That was announcement number two, yes? Number three now. For sponsorship, for, for, for partnership, and for support, just quickly call the hotline of the program, plus 234 if you're doing from outside Nigeria. Otherwise, it's 803 Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com. Dr. Of course, is DR. Okay. So that's the size of the traditional opener on this edition of the program. My name is Michael Bush. I'm the anchor. My producer is Pastor IJ for us. Global Mama is still in church. Dr. Rachel Damina. And the dutiful, ever present. Pastor, praise Okon. Okay, let, let's get it going. The man of the moment. The man for all seasons. The man without whom there will be no Ask the Counselor. Prolific writer. Great radio and television evangelist. I've landed. This one, he didn't even allow me to introduce the man. But welcome our father. Doctor, Abel. Damina! Global Baba! Feel very 50. 